0: Welcome to In Transition, a program dedicated to the practice of content marketing in the public sector. Here's your host, David Pembroke.
1: Hello, ladies and gentlemen, and welcome again to In Transition, the podcast that examines the practice of content marketing in government and the public sector. My name's David Pembroke, and thanks for giving up a little bit of your time to be with me this week. Another great guest this week who's got a really interesting background, and doing some interesting and innovative things in content marketing in the local government area. But before we start, as we do each week, and I know someone said to me the other day, why do you always go back to the definition? Well, I think it's important because it's important that we do define just exactly what content marketing is, because we are still in the very early days of getting used to the term. It's a very old practice, but it is a new term. So content marketing, as it relates to government and the public sector, the definition is that it is a strategic, measurable, and accountable business process that relies on the creation, curation, and distribution of useful, relevant, and consistent content. The purpose is to engage and inform a specific audience in order to achieve a desired citizen and or stakeholder action. To our guest this week, well, it's Scott Alexander, who is the Digital and Content Marketing Lead at the City of Burundara in Melbourne, Australia. Scott manages a team of content creators for both internal and external communications. Prior to working in local government, he worked in content creation and social media management in the production industry for companies such as Madman Entertainment and Media World Pictures. Scott has also written and produced multiple award-winning short films. And he joins me now. Scott, thanks for being in transition. Thanks for having me, David. So, mate, let's just rewind the tape a little bit and, and go back. You've you've always had an interest in the creation of content, haven't you? What intrigues you about it? What, what engages you about being involved in the content creation uh, practice?
0: Um, David, I guess when I, when I was younger, I was... I was like a, like a lot of kids. I really loved movies, and um, you know, I really was into filmmaking, and obviously got a job at, at Madman Entertainment and uh, out of uni, which was fantastic. And I was just um, you know heavily involved in in marketing and um, you know the film distribution side of things. But um, a funny thing happened, as as, as they usually do. I and while I was at Madman, I got the opportunity to start up a little uh, licensed apparel company within Madman, and, um, which is a little bit of a sidetrack. But it was, um, it was selling um, T-shirts for Transformers, Voltron, Astro Boy, and things like that. Now, because, because I didn't have access to marketing budget, I actually started doing things like uh, email newsletters and um, marketing on MySpace, if you remember MySpace. And so I sort of fell into this, um, in, into doing content marketing, I guess, because I enjoy creating content in an artistic kind of way. But then I found myself in a job where I didn't have have a budget really to do print-based advertising. So I was just doing YouTube videos and uh, yeah, email, uh, sort of EDM sort of campaigns and things like that. And that sort of went from there.
1: But you also got into the podcasting game early that's days, didn't you? And you were you were running a... Um, the manga is it manga comics the
0: Japanese comics that people love that's right Yeah. so we 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 had a a podcast at man man called anime snack time and basically it was a monthly podcast where we talked about new releases we talked about events that were happening around the country and um and yeah you know that was that was really quite early on in in the noughties I guess you'd, you'd call it and um yeah, we were. What was great about Man and it was a startup environment. I guess we were able to try lots of new things um, and just get on with doing it, and that was great. So
1: that experience that you had in the private sector, what, mm. when, when you stand back and look at it from now, obviously you've been in the in the public sector for a while, working in local government. Mm. How, how how do they differ? How would you describe and explain the difference between working in the private sector in a startup environment and working mm. in local government?
0: It's a good question. Um, maybe if I could speak about the ways that I think they're the same, if that. Sure. That's <laughs> the completely opposite of what you asked me. But um, I think uh, one thing that I've really – one thing that I like to think of when I think about working in local government is that I like to think that we're more of a, a utility company. You know, we, we create all these great uh, – we do all these great services, you know what I mean? And um, and so we've got, we've got customers um, like any other business, you know, and um, instead of um, a conversion being a sale as such – well, our ultimate conversion really is engagement. It's uh, engaging in um, or you know, taking part in a strategy um, document and feedback around that, or or, or using the services, or um, using the library, um, uh, really taking part in civic life. That's really our ultimate conversion, if that makes sense. Yeah, it does. So I sort of feel, in a way, that um the the techniques and tools of of um, of you know that inbound marketing funnel are, are totally applicable, and so we sort of adapted the the inbound marketing funnel. For, we, you know, with business where ultimately you know they're after a con, a sale, or some sort of conversion around a sale, and we sort of adapted the inbound marketing funnel to be in different stages where, where we're calling the top of the funnel just aware. Um, Once we drive people to the site or to to an EDM or to a video, um, they're becoming informed. And then um, when they do choose to take action, like download um, a a draft, uh, you know, um, strategy document or or undertake a survey, that's what we're sort of calling engaged or interact with us on social. And then I think there's still that end of the funnel, which is delight, and uh, that's really where our customer service um, elements... Come into the play. So, so, does that sort of explain? I think um, when I when I've come here and, and started here, I've really seen how we can ad- adapt to the funnel for local government. And um, local government was using all of the channels and all of the tools of of content marketing, but perhaps in a not in a cohesive way. So um, the idea has been to really try and um, educate people about that funnel and educate them about the appropriate type of content at each stage of the funnel. So for me, um, you know, while we're not trying to get money out of people, you know, we've got a different need, which is to really communicate the services that we provide. So how difficult was it for you
1: to introduce this notion of funnels and driving people through the funnels and having different types of content at different stages? Was it difficult to to bring that framework and that structured thinking or was it
0: already largely there but just not described in that way? I think, yeah, it, it was certainly there. I think one thing that's been the, not a struggle, but the, the educational piece has been about appropriate content at the appropriate stage of, of the user journey or the funnel. So if you like, um, you, you know, it's not uncommon to get, um, communications at the top of the funnel that want to cover all the bases, and it's it's sort of that education of saying no, you know, at, at this point, you know, we're just we're just trying to send out hooks, you know, we're just trying to hook people in, and and to be frank, people are busy, you know, if you can't get them in one or two sentences, you're not going to get them in five hundred words. So don't worry about ticking off all the check boxes at the top of the funnel. Let's let's get them to the next phase, give them a little bit more information, then get to the Engaged phase where we're really probably giving them the most information. So I think that seems to be the thing with um, my observation anyway of, of of the government communications I've sort of been exposed to is that it's probably too much information at the wrong part of the funnel.
1: Yeah, does that make sense? yeah, no, it does. Yeah, so they yeah trying to trying to do it all at once rather than building that relationship over time and it, as you That's say, true. introducing the right types of content at the right time. How how have you gone about sort of building that content creation capability within the city of Burndarra?
0: Gotcha. So when I started, um, I had uh, I had sort of four staff, and um, and uh, we sort of were you know operating um, in an old school kind of comms, the comms department kind of fashion. And, and what we've done um, since since I've come along is we've we've changed. Um, along with Deb Gannerton, the, the executive manager, and Andrew Burks, who's the leader of um, communication strategy and performance, um, we, we turned the comms department into an agency model, or what we're sort of calling the agency model. So um, what we did, if you like, is is instead of having people that were in charge of channels specifically, so we used to have one officer who was in charge of the website or one officer who was in charge of um, uh, e comms. Um, what we did was we we turned um, sort of half the team into account managers slash um, project managers and and they're really they're now called the communications business partners. So they're um very much meeting with the different directorates, um, getting across all of the issues at hand and and the stakeholders. And then what they do is they um, you know obviously come up with communications campaigns, and that comes into my team, which is now comprised of nine people. And um, we pre- pretty much um, then turn that into all of the collateral that's used across, um, you know, we have a videographer, we have social media, we have online publishing, um, we have a print-based um, public uh, editor, uh, you know, a couple of designers and stuff. So, you know, we're then turning um, that stuff into more customer-centric collateral, if that makes sense. Yep. So the business partners they'd be you know responsible for you know doing up media releases and 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 perhaps some of those typical assets of a comms department, and then I guess it comes into my team and and we're really sort of turning it into um, perhaps content that um, residents would be used to seeing from you know um, I don't know from any organisation that they're sort of involved in in terms of. Um, you know, receiving content marketing from does that does that make sense?
1: Yeah, it does. But yeah. so, so in terms of the the, the way that it works, in mm. terms of the, the the say the strategic piece where where yes. you get started, who mm. who has ownership of that in terms of developing the plans with those different line areas?
0: I'd definitely say that um, it'd be the communications business partners working with their directorates. Um, you know they're writing their their they're writing up the um, you know communications plans if you like. So um, strategically, I guess they're they're the ones doing that. I guess where I come in is I'm sort of setting up overall a model for doing that in the organisation.
1: Yep. But I like that idea of you know you're almost like that you know that content creation hub that is dealing mm. with that creation and distribution element of it. And are yes. those account managers embedded in those areas or are they still part
0: of a central comms area? Yeah, they're definitely still part of a central comms area, but but um, they're certainly spending um, a lot of time in those directorates and getting across, you know, the, the issues that sort of come up at meetings. And then I guess if you like as well, certainly with regards to my social media Officer, um what we've got is really this this idea of story leads. So as um business partners are out and about in the organization, um you know they pick up the stories that perhaps that aren't necessarily in um, communications marketing plans, like we're obviously you know trying to communicate specific things. But then there's the stories that pop up, say about the old, uh, you know, the the guy that emigrated from Greece 40 years ago who um, set up the little barber shop down at the junction, and he's had the um, the barber shop for 40 years. They're the little stories about our residents that um, our social media person can sort of pick up on.
1: And and so that comes from. Are they program people just out in the streets? Like so, everyone's largely then, by the sounds of things, being given responsibilities well beyond their day to day responsibility as a ranger or something else.
0: That's it, I guess. Um, I guess. Um, I guess we're in the process of, if you like, I come up with this little um, expression <laughs> called the skunk works. I don't know if you've um, heard of this idea of the skunk works. But um, Lockheed Martin, um, in there, they have a, you know, a, an innovation department that sits separate to the bureaucracy. And that innovation department, they're like their R&D unit, and they just go off um, separate to the bureaucracy, and they just, they just innovate, they just create things, and they go for it. So I think um, what I've tried to do with my social media and um, creative services team is, is create a skunk works that can operate a little bit independently of the bureaucracy. So. So we're getting, we're getting stuff in from business partners and from directorates. It's very much council-centric type stuff, pushing messaging out about a strategy or a consultation. But then my, my team is able to go off and um, really tell the residents' stories a little bit more. And, and, and hopefully those... Because it, you want it to be strategic too. You know, those stories should have a dotted line back to the council plan... So really what we want to do is tell the residents stories and, and perhaps a little bit about how the council, uh, you know, a council um, initiative may have um, enabled that to occur, if, if, if that makes sense.
1: Yeah. And how is that transition going? How, how, is, yeah. how is the organisation <laughs> reacting to having a, a skunk works operation
0: in their, <laughs> yes. in their four walls? Exactly. Yeah. Well, that's the thing. I think I'm very lucky because um, Deb Gannerton, she's she's up for it. So um, her attitude is um, let's let's operate from a place of trust. We 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 wrote a a social media framework that that gave us a set of principles that would keep us pretty safe, if that makes sense. So that we weren't, um, you know, we don't want to cause unnecessary sort of um, you know scenarios to pop up. So we've got some. We've got some sort of principles in place that guide us. Um, but she's basically been, been the one that's really saying, um, you know, hey, we're going to be operating out of our comfort zone. But in order to move fast, in order to, you know, turn things around, we, we need to sort of operate from a place of trust, not a place of sort of risk management and control. And I think um, with the right principles in place and good staff, you you absolutely can do that.
1: And it also sounds in some ways, though, that you may also be assuming types of content that would normally have been seen in the local newspaper.
0: That's right. I think, you know, we've got a... I think we've got a um, responsibility to sort of tell the stories of the residents. And I, I sort of um, go back to that idea of customer-centric um, communications. I often say to people, it's not about us, it's about them. And um, often a lot of government type communications can be very much about, um, you know, council's done this or council's done that. And I'm like, um, let's flip that around and say, this resident has achieved this thing and um, we, we were able to facilitate that for them because it, it's about them. So um, it's much more moving towards that idea of, um, uh, of how we facilitate um, great things to happen in the community.
1: And in terms of that, are you seeing the results? Are you seeing the, you know, greater engagement? Are you seeing a lot more interest in this citizen-centric type of
0: content that you're creating? Absolutely. I think um, uh, even though our social our social media um, office has only been here for a short while, but already, you know, when, when we're posting that more, um, you know, you know that more just what I call sort of pure engagement sort of stuff on social media, it's... Organ, the organic, in the organic, you know, reach and engagement and all that, it, it's a, it's off the chart. You know what I mean? Like, when we do the standard sort of push messaging, you know, without any sort of boosting, you know, you're just getting your sort of 10% on Facebook, and that's about it. So, it's, so it's pretty clear to me that like when we when we tell us a story, that's not about, that doesn't sound like council speak. If I could be so bold but um, when we speak like human beings and just appeal to um, to things of interest that do have a connection to council, it seems to resonate with people much more. Now, I'm
1: sure that a lot of people listening would be drooling at the, uh, the fact that in your uh, skunk works, your creative services team, that you have nine people Mm. Um, that's You've done well. You've obviously got Deb on board and she mm. is uh, uh, supporting you with resources and I'm sure you're getting the results. So yep. with that, what types of content are you finding at the moment are getting you the best results and what channels are working best for you at the moment?
0: Sure, sure thing. I, I think um, this is going to – it's going to be ironic, but actually, the the um, we've just done a bunch of um, surveys with Coral Communications, or you know, a bunch of sort of communications audits with a with a third party, and it came back that our most loved piece of uh, comms was our printed Burundara Bulletin, <laughs> the magazine that we um, we send out to seventy thousand odd residents each month.
1: Yeah, it's a, well, it's it's interesting. The same, the ACT government here in Canberra. Uh, in Australia, did a survey not that long ago, and it was exactly the same thing.
0: So I think you know, and it speaks as well to I guess you know, um, you know the, the 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 cohort that's probably most engaged with council is a, is an older cohort, and I think they probably would have a preference for print. So, and that's all that's all good. So we've recently redesigned the um, the bulletin and, and try to make that more user friendly because I think there are some um, there are some elements of the of the print work. Um, where you know um, that we can work on it and improve, and, and I guess the idea really is to is to start trying to migrate people over to digital channels uh, as much as possible. So really, just started to try and um, cross promote the digital channels a lot more, uh, you know, via the print and drive people over. I think um, I actually think Twitter is is probably our most popular channel. Okay. Uh, and has the most people on it, and um, Facebook is really uh, a work in progress for us, as is Instagram. And, and the thing is, as well, um, the organisation has uh, has fragmented its audience a little bit. In that um, we have a core Burundara Facebook Twitter channel, but then you've got the arts, um, the arts uh, directorate, I guess, with their own channels, which kind of makes sense because it's quite a different sort of product offering. But then you've got um, disability and, and mobility support services have a Facebook channel, um, immunisation have a Facebook channel, volunteers have a Facebook Twitter channel. So what we're in the process of doing at the moment is really looking at all those. Because of course you know when when social media first started, everybody just wanted to jump on board and go for it. So now we're in the sort of process of really trying to consolidate some of those channels and and focus the audience where, where it's appropriate. It's interesting, though, that uh, I know in uh, the Redland
1: City Council in in Queensland in Australia, they've taken that approach uh, quite deliberately and quite strategically and they Mm. have divided up their services because they understand that, you know, Mm. the people who are interested in the dog pound are Mm. interested in the dog pound. You know, they're not necessarily interested in immunisation or disability or volunteering or the arts. And Mm. so it's this notion of the world becoming a much narrower place and people drawing to them the content that they're looking for, which is challenging to try Mm -hmm. to resource it. But the other thing that they've done in terms of delivering that service is to try to create capability in the council offices in those different areas. So it's not actually the central comms people who are actually doing the posting. They're doing the training and they're doing the sort of oversight of, of what's going on. And I think this is a... Uh, what is going to happen in the future is that that capability of around comms is going to get spread to the edges and that center of excellence like you're running at the moment is really going to be sitting at that at the heart of the organization uh, working with those people so as that their content creation and distribution skills are improving yeah
0: exactly that's um, that's exactly um, yeah that's exactly our approach I guess we we realize that um to, to your point, you know, people want to engage with the areas they want to engage with and we should, we should be where the audience is, you know what I'm saying, not make them come to a channel um, they, they might not want to be on to get their information. So, um, yes, our, the social media officer that sits um, in my team, um, she and I work with all of the owners of those satellite channels um, and we sort of, um, you know, really do sort of some best practice, some education... Um, and, and, and collaboration and um, try and run a shared content calendar so we're, we're across what each other's doing and can share on the main channel as appropriate and support them with um, content creation as well because each one of those areas will have events on or will have um, some, you know, content creation needs and so we can help them. Uh, do that where where they perhaps might not have the time or resources to to do that or certainly outsource any of that so what's great is that we're I guess we've got this sort of central function, um, but we're also allowing um, I, and i couldn't agree more I think it's um, social media is such a monster in terms of content it's just you can never create enough it seems, and um, comms can't be that um, you know that sort of I guess I would call it a bottleneck. It can't be a bottleneck anymore. We've got to sort of skill people up and get them operating fairly autonomously but with some good principles guiding them.
1: Yeah. And I think the other thing is and I notice and observe my... I've got two two young daughters, a 13-year-old and a 10-year-old, and particularly the younger generations, they're so comfortable in uh, the creation Mm. of content. And I think increasingly as the younger generations come through, where it was previously, oh, you've got to learn how to do this. You've got to, you know, go and study and, and pick up principles. I think you still need a, a certain standard. But I I think in the coming years, it's going to be something that everybody does. It's just not going to belong
0: to the communications area. D- David, I, I kind of um, I couldn't agree more. I actually think um, I call it like a kind of new form of real digital literacy Um I feel like in the 21st century, if you if you don't have that ability to manipulate images, um, you're, it's actually a core digital literacy now. And um, the problem is that you've got f- um, applications like Photoshop, which are a bit like a sledgehammer for a nail, <laughs> and most people just can't get their heads around Photoshop. And that's where I think tools like Canva, which is a, an online graphic design tool, can be just amazing and, and free it up, free people up, and at the moment we're running a nine, um, a nine sort of session series called Content Club at Burundara where we're just inviting people from around the organisation to come to these lunchtime learning sessions and learn these content creation skills. So it's that idea of, you know, you don't have to go to uni for four years and do Photoshop anymore. Check out Canva, come and learn a bit about it in lunchtime learning session and then we'll give you some more resources to go away with and what's great about a tool like Canva as well is you can create um, templates so that, um, so that the work is, is on, on style guide. You know, it's, it's in yeah. the style guide of the organisation. So, people are still free to go and create what they need to create, turn it around quickly without that bottleneck. But we can be pretty um, confident that it's still going to be on brand and not look, you know, um, questionable.
1: So graphic design is one module within Content Club, and I I love this idea of Content Club and having those lunch and learn sessions and building out that capability.
0: What other lessons are there in Content Club? That's... Yeah, pardon me. So um, actually started off uh, the first session of Content Club was really introducing the concept of the funnel and the adapted, um, you know, inbound marketing funnel for local government and getting people's heads around the thinking behind it. That was the first thing I think you've got to sort of have a holistic approach. And then um, some of the other skills we're covering across is, of course, photography and video. So, of course, there's no point teaching people about how a specific camera works. It's about fundamentals um, when you're using your phone camera or when you're using a a point-and-shoot type of camera or a DSLR. There are just some fundamentals to think of that can just ensure your... Your stuff, no matter what you're using, is, is decent. Uh, and then, of course, we're covering stuff like writing for social media, just, just that idea of there's a specific way to write for Facebook and, and Twitter. And, and, um, and then, of course, focusing on landing pages and um, just, just writing good content for your website, organising it properly, um, making sure it's easy to skim, you know, really understanding that the, the user doesn't have a lot of time and they really want to skim and get the information they need and making it more user-friendly. Um, what else are we covering? We cover off um, some stuff about engagement, actually, just um, just some principles for engaging with the community, and that can be in terms of, like, community consultation. Um, so, um, yeah, there's a few other things as well to do with strategy. Um, but, um, yeah, they're the sort of main things that we're covering during the, during the course, and what's the response been like? Yeah, really positive. Actually, uh, it's been great. Um, everybody's been um, so. After I should say, actually, after each um, after each session, we also publish a little uh, a little newsletter that has a link to a survey. So we're getting feedback from each session and um, taking on that feedback so we can improve it for the next time. So really, this first run through is is really the the the, the pilot or the MVP, and. Um, and then we'll tweak it and we'll run it again. So um, the feedback's been really positive so far. And I think people really, you know, people want to create stuff and they want to um, have autonomy to do what they need to do. Um, so it's, it's really, I think they're wrapped about it in terms of being able to just get some tools to get going. And um, I guess our role as a comms department is just to sort of give them the principles to guide them so that they're on brand. Do you serve cocktails? A content club. <laughs> um, we serve uh, we serve food, so they, <laughs> they get lunch. <laughs> the sessions go for about an hour and a half, and um, you know we get a few. We, you know we get them doing stuff. The main thing is to we don't want to just sit up there and talk the whole time. We actually get people up there having a go. So these this is great. I mean, we've got people from governance attending, from environment and infrastructure, from a youth services, from all across the organisation, and. Um, even a guy from the depot is there. So, and, you know, the depot's got a hell of a lot of stories to tell. <laughs> so yeah. I'm looking forward to seeing some content from the depot, if you get me. Okay, mate, just a, just a
1: final question. What's the, what's the thing that's exciting you most at the moment? Because it, it really does sound like there at the, at the city of Boroondara, you've really taken on this content marketing approach and everything you're doing is by the book, really. It's um, world's best practice.
0: I think the thing that excites me the most is just um, um, I feel like you know rate capping's coming in. (laughs) Uh, I don't know if you're familiar with rate capping, but it's um, it could really adversely affect the people that receive um, the services that council provide, like aged care or child maternal health. And I guess what excites me is that if 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 we can really communicate the good services that we do provide um, better. Um, then, then I think that'll that'll just be really um, better for the community and really um, help to establish you know the good work that people do do in local government.
1: Yeah, fantastic. Well, Scott mate, thank you very much. I'm uh, delighted, absolutely thrilled to pieces um, to to hear the story and the progress even over the last six months or so since we've been talking about some of the things that you've been doing down there, and it just seems that it's rolling on. You've got your shape, you've got your direction. And I think it's grounded in that mission that you just described about delivering value um, for the community and improving the lives of citizens, because that's the gift of what we get to to do when we work in government and private sector or public sector um, content marketing. So congratulations on all those accomplishments. Good luck with the content club. If I'm ever in Melbourne, I've got a spe- I'm at a loose end. I'll Jump along and uh, and get involved in one of those sessions, and uh, I'm pleased to hear that uh, lots of people are coming because, again, this is the future of content marketing in the government and the public sector, where this distributed capability exists across all areas. Be you a, a global government, a uh, you know a federal government, a, a state government, or indeed you know municipal government as well. So. Best of luck with all of that. Thanks very much for spending some time with us in In Transition. And to the audience, thanks once again. We'll be back next week.
0: You've been listening to In Transition, the program dedicated to the practice of content marketing in the public sector. For more, visit us at contentgroup.com.au.